Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Villain Was Right, the podcast where we look at movies and TV shows from the villain's perspective and dare to ask, were they really all that bad? I'm your host, Craig Fay, And I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. Yeah, and this week on the podcast, we're sort of starting our, uh, we didn't come up with a name for it, uh, vague, <laughs> vaguely seasonal... <laughs> Uh, snow yeah (laughs) there's There's snow snow in this movie (laughs) yeah uh they'll maybe touch a little bit on christmas but if you don't celebrate that it's just kind of movies that take place during snow and uh uh, to to start it all off uh this week uh you've read the episode description we're doing the nightmare before christmas yes Uh, which i think is a christmas movie i will firmly it's christmas in the title it's firmly I, a Christmas movie. I am so on the fence with this. Because, no, uh, no. I, <laughs> I, 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 the only thing I can think of is that it's squarely a, because I don't think it's a Halloween movie either. Uh, I think it's an American Thanksgiving movie. No, it's just like for me, okay. between Christmas and Thanksgiving or Christmas and Halloween. This movie is a Christmas movie for people who prefer Halloween. That's what this movie is. This movie yeah. is specifically for me. I feel like I love Halloween. And this is one of those Christmas movies that I can put on and be like, yeah, this is my compromise. I like this. This That's is fair. good. That's fair. And it does feel like it's made uh, by people who feel like Christmas should be more like Halloween. Yeah, uh, yeah very specifically. It is uh, a theme. <laughs> uh, but it's so weird because I was reading like, you know, reviews and like the, what the critical reception of it was when it came out. And they all referenced things like, we're so glad to see a Halloween movie with some imagination in it now. And I'm like, a Halloween movie? This nah. is so Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess if you haven't seen The Nightmare Before Christmas, first of all, shame on you. It's a fucking shame. shame. <laughs> uh, what would you say? What would you say Ooh, the plot is? The plot of this movie is essentially you have a king that is unsatisfied with his day-to-day life, um, shows up in another land, immediately decides he's going to take over the ex- the only export of that land, take it over without their permission, um, just because he's feeling a little sad. Um, he then does a bunch of bad things he shouldn't do, and uh, somehow he is the hero of this tale. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah. he kidnaps Santa. How you're you're the bad man. <laughs> he kidnaps Santa Claus. He feeds him to the Oogie Boogie Man. Um, Sally's in there as well, kind of pining over him. The the rag doll. She's kind of in love with him from a distance or whatever. But yeah, kidnaps Santa Claus and takes over Christmas. Jack the Pumpkin King. Yeah, I, there's so many things. Uh, okay, I will say this. Okay, we're going to start cutting this movie down a bit. I love this film. I need to say that right off the top. Really love this film. Only saying these things for the purpose of this podcast. <laughs> okay, <laughs> exactly. just really. But it was, I will say, really fun uh, to watch a movie like this that I've watched probably, you know, 200 times before 
to kind of look at it from this perspective because mm. I was like, oh, dang, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really complicated. And uh, I'm like actually very interested to talk about it and hear what you have to say. Uh, before we get started, though, I will say 74 minute runtime. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> just nice and tight. Uh, stop motion, so obviously not a wasted frame. <laughs> no, 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 no. Every frame's important. Every frame is beautiful. Every frame has purpose because yeah. it took... It, I always think every time I see stop motion now, it always makes me think of Parks and Rec where it's yeah. like, would a depressed person make this? <laughs> yeah. I feel like stop motion is yeah. for depressed people. Yeah. And I think oh, feel okay. I feel like the whole aesthetic here really leans into that. Um, there's a couple of things that really jumps, you know, kind of jumps out at me with this movie. So firstly, that the evil person in this movie, like the villain of this movie is the boogeyman, but he lives in a land where they respect the scariest person. So I was like, uh, I'm sorry. Is there some sort of weird social thing going on here where you're not going to crown the obvious king? What's going yep. on with this Jack character? Okay, clearly the boogeyman. They're like the people that live to scare are scared of this man. Wouldn't you yeah. put him in charge of the scaring? I would think so. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, maybe it's maybe he had lacked certain administrative qualities that are needed for organization. I think Jack does. I yeah, think you could true. argue that uh, the Pumpkin King certainly does. <laughs> He's all about his feelings and whims and whatever. <laughs> I want. I felt a little sad today. I had to kick a rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm I'm bored of doing the same thing day after day. Welcome to quarantine, Jack. Buckle down <laughs> for the good of the population. Buckle down, okay? Because so, the thing. Oh, sorry. So, you go. So, so did you? Because this is what I'm interested. in. Who did you peg as the villain of this movie? The boogeyman. Oogie boogie. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, I think there is also an argument that Jack, our main character, is somewhat of a villain. Well, yes, but he's not one that I want to argue for. I oh, okay. very much want to argue against him because he is our main character, right? Right. And there is still, there are still points where even when he was supposed to have some sort of moral insight on something, he didn't quite get there. So if we get to the end of, or closer to the end of the film where he gets shot down, okay? So he right. basically is taken over Christmas. He's flying through the air with his reindeer skeleton terrifying okay flying through the air scaring the shit out of everybody giving kids okay. shrunken heads and yeah, yeah, yeah snakes that are eating their tree mm -hmm. and, yeah yeah for sure and he's definitely the villain to these people so i see the argument there he's the villain to these people absolutely but we're really looking at up christmas too. yeah but we're looking through his perspective right right but and when he when he gets shot down he kind of even still rationalizes his own actions. And he's like, oh, you know, I gave them a story to tell, which is pretty much the call sign of any asshole I've ever met. You know what I mean? That's the thing that assholes say to reassure themselves that what they did was fine. It's like, oh, it's okay that I trashed that restaurant. All the wait staff are going to talk about that for years. And it's like, well, no, you just shouldn't have. <laughs> you shouldn't have trashed it, though. Don't do that for There's the love of God. In the story, but yeah, don't don't. The people will have their own stories. Uh, the christening of their godson. They don't need you to wreck their restaurant. You know, like yeah. Yeah. So he even still kind of makes himself feel good, even in the moment where he's really supposed to be learning a lesson. 
Yeah, this is true. He is somewhat self-serving. Uh, somewhat. All of this. <laughs> uh, the argument that I'll make uh, in terms of Jack is like, I'd, I'd be very... <laughs> I kind of empathize and sympathize with him very much where you're like, uh, I'm doing something that I don't uh, really like right now. Um, my job and my profession uh, as somebody who quit an engineering job and became uh, a comedian, uh, it's like what I do now, even though I'm very good at it, does not fulfill me and I'm looking for a change. And I really do find it hard to argue against that you know, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody, like, stay in your lane, don't try new things. Um, okay, here's my argument against that. Yeah. <laughs> and not that, not the last line specifically, because that would be, I'm not a monster. Okay, you should absolutely change jobs if you want to. But here's the difference for me with Jack, is that he's the leader. At any moment, you can step down, okay? You can do whatever you personally would like to do, okay? Right. But instead of listening to the people as a leader, because... The entire population of this Halloween town loves Halloween. They live They're for this shit. Everyone has a smile on their face. Everyone is elated to be here. We're excited. We love this shit. Okay, this is Halloween. This is Halloween. Yeah, everybody love- scream. Yes. <laughs> We love this shit. We live for this shit. And even when he starts inserting this idea of Christmas, they still even try and combat it and make it scarier and make it their own. And at what point do you go, hey, maybe this is actually what these people like, okay? You can change whatever you want to do. You shouldn't change what everybody else wants to do on a whim. Right. And I think that's the difference there is that if he stepped down and was like, oh, I want to go hang out in Christmas land for, you know, a year or so, see how it is. Chill. Okay. Chillin. Go do that. Vacay, baby. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I got to go get my juice back or whatever. But he just immediately (laughs) is like, we're going to, we're going to inflict this on every person here. This vampire is going to want to dress up in red, right? Oh God! I would love to see a movie that's uh, Jack how Jack Skellington got his groove back, and it's just (laughs) like instead of him like going and ruining Christmas, he goes and just works in the toy workshop with the uh, elves from Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Like he's just working his way up the the chain. You know what I mean? He's just like he's just going on like an internship as an elf. And I just think this like long skinny Jack sitting on this small stool trying to assemble toys next to those Rudolph guys would be so funny. Oh God. If uh, claymation wasn't for depressed people, I'd do that myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'll do it for the two of us, Craig. Don't worry. I'll get it done. I have enough. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I got got clay, a camera and a lot of time. Um, But, but that does bring me to a point uh, where it's like, again, I flip flop on this where it's, it's like it's okay to change what you're doing and 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 want something more and feel unfulfilled and and make a change. But the way he goes about it is real bad. Oh, real real bad. So bad. So like, bad. <laughs> because essentially what he does is he he looks at something and goes, "That looks easy and fun. I'm going to take it over uh and do it better than you uh, having no experience in it whatsoever. So in in that sort of regard, there is definitely a parallel here uh, to cultural appropriation, right? Where you're like, the culture of Christmas town is embedded in Christmas town. And this guy's just like, isn't that neat? I think I'm going to wear dreadlocks. Like it's... (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, like, oh my god. <laughs> Oh man, we might be going too deep, <laughs> but I get what you're saying. I, I do get what you're saying. And like, yeah, I think the timeline for me throws me off the most because this is, you live in Halloween town and literally the next day they're like, okay, so we got to start planning for Halloween next year. So you have, to, yeah, yeah. you have to assume that every other place runs like this, right? Yeah. So you know that Christmas, Christmas town, Christmas land has been prepping for a minute. You know what I mean? They've been prepping for a while. Okay. And then you step in and you're like, I'm going to do it in less than two months. <laughs> Bitches, watch out. <laughs> We're coming for you. Less than two months in what they do in a year. And it's insane to think that he would just hop on that trail and be like, and then tell them that it's a vacation, like it's an honor. Like this is your vacation. This is a reward. I'm like, oh, this is not right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would be so pissed if I was working like for a solid year to do something. And then you took me off the project with like, as we're about to cross the finish line, I'd be like, fuck you. Fuck yeah. You. Yeah. I'd be, yeah. I'd be, I'd be livid. <laughs> Don't finish uh, that. I'm going to put my name on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it exactly. Don't finish that. Oh God. Yeah. Don't finish that. I'm going to put my name on it. Fuck. Dude, I tell you, this guy is out of control. Cause not only is he like, he's currently the pumpkin King, but when he takes over Christmas, he's like, I'm going to be Santa. I'm going to be the leader. You know what I mean? It's not even like he appoints the mayor who has the body for it. Okay. It's yeah. not even like he, <laughs> he looks at the mayor and was like, oh, you would make a great Santa. Actually, just make sure you don't flip your face on these children. This is going to be great. But no, he's got to be number one. He's got to be in charge. He's got to be the focal point of it. It's not enough for him to experience the holiday and all the, the, the things that go along with it. He has to be this, the focus of attention. Yeah, dude, this is just watching one man's ego unfold for an hour. Okay, <laughs> it's just him doing whatever his ego tells him to do constantly. It's like he he even says like he's he thinks it's a formula you need to crack. Okay, can you imagine showing up somewhere, taking over a spot and going, "Okay, I'm what I'm doing is wrong because if it wasn't wrong, I could just ask you." Sorry, say that again. Okay, so in the sense of like, okay, if he knows this is a formula to crack, there's something here that we need to, right, to like figure out with Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. If this was a real treat, a real reward, a real vacation, you would spend no time cracking that. You would just go to Santa and be like, love to do this for you. How do you do it? Yeah. yeah because yeah, you yeah. know what you're doing is wrong. You keep it a secret because you know that it's wrong. I see. You, can't, I see, you shouldn't I see. be taking this over. Okay. It's, it's kind of like, you know, is it a lie? No, but you didn't say anything, so you kind of know <laughs> that it's... Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing secret experiments in my, like, uh, in my lab upstairs uh, looking over the town. There's, a, there's, a, there's an evilness to that for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'd, now, I would love to dive back to uh, the boogeyman and why boogie, I don't boogie. think... Love, yeah. love him. Yeah. Why I don't think he's that bad. First of all, love his, love his henchmen. The three children, fantastic. Love a, yeah, love lock, a good villain shock, with good henchmen. Lock, shock, and barrel, the trick-or-treaters, yeah. 
Adorable. Love it. Okay, I'm super into that. Here's why I don't think he's bad. Firstly, because he, and again, I said this off the top, but he is a man or an entity, a being that lives in a place where if you're scariest, you're the best. Yes. Okay, they literally, and to back up my point, off the top of this movie, they literally hand out an award for most drained blood in an evening. Yeah, to the vampires. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm not saying the boogeyman isn't bad. I'm just saying within the context of this Halloween world, he's not. I agree, absolutely. Um, and uh, a, a couple other additions to that is um, I don't think violence matters in this world. I'm so uh, glad you brought that up. <laughs> because, like, you know, you've got people like be like i can pull off my head and like tear off my face and like run around and like they're all just like that's acceptable and that's fine because it doesn't have any consequences right like like we're gonna knock off someone's head with a guillotine and then they're just gonna get up and smile because that's being scary but there's no mortality baked into that right Dude, absolutely. This is, I have this written down like six times. I'm like, Jack literally lights himself on fire off the top of this movie. Violence does not matter. You know what I mean? He cannot, I'm sure there's a certain level, like they do give him the lava pit. So I could understand why that might be an extra notch up of like, oh, if you land in this lava pit, sure, you could maybe die in this environment. But getting shot at as a skeleton? No. Yeah. It's <laughs> going right through hit? a rib, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Jack gets blown up by a shell uh, and his dog Zero like brings his jawbone back to him and he like reassembles himself, right? Sally like, literally sews herself together. <laughs> yes. She throws herself out, blows her uh, out the window, blows herself apart. Um, the, the doctor is being... Uh, poisoned the evil the, the dr finkelstein i think it is he is to me the true villain of this whole story the the biggest villain and the one that i will not defend i think he's <laughs> oh oh no just even like honestly every time i see him he looks so creepy to me yeah he like, does look creepy oh uh, he's got those it's the lips for me that really gross me out yeah i was like is he like a duck like is I know. Like, <laughs> I honestly, this is so disgusting. I kept calling him Doctor Diddle Lips. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I don't like that at no, all. No, no, I don't either. I don't either. Uh, I'm sad that I thought of it. <laughs> uh, I do love the voice acting uh, on that character, though. I, oh, he's I fantastic. It, yeah. yeah, I find it very funny. I find it funny when he kisses his own brain and like, yeah, you know, basically builds himself himself. Um, but like. Uh, to the, back to the point of violence is like deadly nightshade is what she's putting in his like soup. Mm-hmm. And that's not named that for no reason. That's a real plant. And it's called that because it is deadly. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a very strong poison. But in this world, it just like kind of puts him to sleep for a bit. Uh, so, yeah, you see all these examples of that not mattering. Um, I'm going to make the extension that it probably does matter in Christmas town. Ooh, yeah, maybe. Like, I don't think, I don't think you could like shoot Santa and he'd be fine. Uh, so I think that, I think the, uh, the, the threat that Santa is under from mm-hmm. Boogie Boogie is legitimate, but that nobody in all of Halloween town realizes that anything operates on any rules outside of what they do. Oh, I kind of like that. Like in, so like you could, if you're from Halloween town, violence doesn't matter. 
Mm-hmm. But if you're from if you're from like Christmas Town, violence matters, but your heart could grow three sizes at any time. Exactly. Like, yes. There's just different <laughs> rules in this environment. Okay, I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, and like you know, uh, let's say a polar bear, for example, in Halloween Town, that's going to be a vicious bear that like attacks you and eats you. Whereas in like Christmas Town, it's like a nice, gentle creature that will like make you ride around the town, right? Like you could ride its back around, you know? So like, I think there's like, yeah, kind of different rules in these different realms. Definitely. I, I would love to get just one point on the doctor that I wrote down and I can't, the the thing that I couldn't mentally get past with this guy is, was I I kept going, why would you let her make your food anymore? (laughs) I wrote that down. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Don't just don't, because the thing is, and I understand that like, um, this, this, this guy, this character is in a wheelchair, right? So I'm like, okay, maybe I was thinking, I was like, okay, maybe he just like literally just can't access it properly. And then I was thinking, no, like you literally built her. Like you built her, you could probably make a soup. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. I, was yeah. like, I think, I think you are, or you know what I mean? Your other buddy. I just, I think after the first poisoning, I would probably be like, mm, you're not on uh, food duty anymore. <laughs> Go make the beds. You know, yeah. like I just think. And he says, this is the third, or this is the second time you've poisoned me this month. And she goes third. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, I had to tell you, I'm not, I, I'm not doing that again. If I go over to your house and I tell you, listen, I'm really allergic to mushrooms. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I know. And then you serve me mushrooms. I'm not coming back to your house, man. No, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> I once don't feel like, a, like I'm an mis- invited guest. You know what I mean? I, do you want me here? What's going on? Yeah. Once is a mistake. Twice is like attempted murder. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So in that context, I don't think Oogie Boogie is actually in his mind mistreating Santa Claus. Um, I think that it is a game that you play, right? I think it is the, um, it's like chess or it's like, you know, ooh, look at how spooky and I'm going to eat you. I'm going to eat you up real good because I'm a the boogeyman. I got a song and a dance about it and everything. Um, and I gamble. That's my thing. Like, I gamble. <laughs> it's like, oh, your life is on the line, but I cheat. <laughs> um, and the other the other part is that Oogie Boogie has very poor information on what's going on. Um, so the, the trick-or-treaters um, are told by Jack that Santa Claus is actually quite scary. Like Jack tells the whole town that Santa Claus is a big, scary red lobster man with claws. Sandy, <laughs> yes. Sandy Claus, right? So, so at no point does anybody in the town conceptualize that he could be anything else other than what they are. Yeah. Right. So, so you got the trick or treaters and they go, this is a big, scary Santa, Sandy Claus, uh, who's going to, going to get us, you know, mm-hmm. and get us in the like Halloween town sense of like, this is a game we play. It's one upmanship. Um, and they go, where is the safest place to deal with this? Oogie boogie. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree with that. And I kind of always like from this perspective, I was watching it more like, uh, like the it's like in Monsters Inc. where they the more screams you get, the the yeah. better you're doing at your job. Okay, right. and I was like, well, that would be the goal for these people in Halloween Town. The more you can scare somebody, 
the better you are. That's your whole role is you're here to scare people. You want They literally give out awards for it. It's like a whole thing. They made a whole song about it that they sing in a parade of like, yes, hell yes, we scared the shit out of some humans. Fuck yeah. Okay, that's basically what the whole song's about, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he's like literally just doing what the people in this town do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I don't know why Jack, the thing that, uh, one other thing that really threw me off is I don't know why Jack would think these henchmen would do anything other than bring Santa Claus to the boogeyman. It's like, <laughs> hey, children that, that do not follow instruction well, um, you know that man you always hang out with? I'm going to tell you a secret and you can't tell that man. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to be your bad on that, actually. <laughs> and they're literally trick or treaters. Like, they're tr- they're tricksters. That's in yes. the game. Yes. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> like, I get why you hired these people, because they are the best people for the job. No doubt. Okay? They're going to get Santa Claus. They're going to get it done. Okay? But the idea of, like, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Children? No. <laughs> people with the closest association to our untrusted uh, town member. Uh, yeah, and, like, I think... Like, Jack portrays, it's like, don't trust Oogie Boogie. Like, don't get him involved. Not at all, whatsoever. We can't trust that guy. Um, And, like, that's meant to to strike the audience as, like, ooh, this is actually the bad guy in the Halloween Mm -hmm. town. Uh, But, like, looking at it kind of another way, I think he's probably just the guy who takes it a little too far. Oh, yeah. Like, like, you know, like the guy who gets too drunk at the party. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, come on, man. We're all having a good time. And then you had to get, you had to take it to the whole other level and you kicked in somebody's uh, windshield in their car, right? Like, you went outside and decided to start pissing on things. And it's like, we had, we were going to have a fun game night. Not. Because <laughs> uh, because we also see at the beginning, Oogie Boogie makes an appearance. He's participating in the "This Is Halloween" song. He appears on the moon. Yeah, right? so he's like a, a contributing member of of this society. Yeah. Okay, he's out there doing work, doing his thing, revolutionizing, scaring. Yeah, a bag of bugs? You kidding me? Uh, that's that's. Oh, it's every time they do their reveal, I'm like, that is such a good job at being disgusting. Yeah. For like claymation and shit. I'm like, I don't think you could have done a better job with that. Oh, no, no, absolutely. He's like, a, it always he's, makes me wiggle a bit. I'm always like, Ugh. yeah. And like something about bur- a burlap sack filled with bugs. You're like, that's gross. That's <laughs> yeah. Super gross. Uh, yeah that's, I don't know why we feel this way, but it's gross. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's weird because like, I don't have as, as much as we all know the boogeyman as like, kind of this placeholder for scary thing that lives under your bed. I don't actually have a solid impression of what the boogeyman is supposed to look like or do. Well, I think that's purposeful, right? Right. Like anything that if, if you let somebody fill in the blank, it'll always be their scariest thing. Yeah. Right. It's the, it's the absence of information that will scare you more than anything else, or at least me, because like my mind will just go. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's, it's, that's that's an excellent point. Uh, <laughs> vague scariness, and you feel yeah, it's like a choose your own adventure for scariness. Oh yeah, because like I'll just go. I'll, my mind will go 100 miles a minute. Like I, I will get to the scariest thing within seconds. Yeah. Um, if you show me something, then I can kind of see the flaws in it, or I could find what wouldn't be scary for me because like it's like you know like to give it like I'm not. I'm not very scared of snakes, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not super scared of snakes, but I know a ton of people that are. So if that sack was filled with snakes, that would be a whole other thing. (laughs) Yeah, and you'd be like, I'd grab it by its stupid snake butt, and I'd stomp those snakes, and I would be fine. But you're like, it's bugs. You're like, yeah, I'm out, I'm out. (laughs) I'm out, I don't like it, I don't like Um, it. The other thing that might be uh, the reason, I'm just speculating here, wild wild speculation. Uh, (laughs) That they may not like Oogie is, it's very much established that there is a real world and like holidays sort of happen when these towns or the citizens from this town kind of visit these places, right? Yes. So presumably like Santa Claus goes out and delivers presents in the real world Mm -hmm. and presumably these ghosts and ghouls go out at Halloween to scare. Yes. Um, I would argue that uh, maybe Oogie Boogie is the only guy working year round. Oh, he's tired. Yeah, <laughs> not only tired, but like, you know, uh, the rest of the town's like, give it a rest. It's not Halloween. Uh, mm. That's that's when we're allowed to go here and do the scary thing. Whereas Oogie Boogie, the, the boogeyman is, is 24-7, 365. You know what I mean? Well, not 24-7. Yeah. He's not a morning time monster, but like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, sun goes down, kids go to bed. The boogeyman is there. He's in your closet. He's under your bed. He's- That's true. Morning monster, I don't think would have the same punch. <laughs> it wouldn't. I don't think it would have the same effect, or at least on me, because I'm like, I'm a bitch when I wake up in the morning. I know that about myself. Like, if you, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm grumpy. Okay, like I don't feel good. I'm like, oh god, it, it's a, it, I don't know what it is. I'm like, oh, I'm still alive. Like Christ. Oh, here we go. So <laughs> it takes me about the first half hour to get into the day. If oh, I, oh, you got to ramp it up. Yeah. Yeah. If I saw the boogeyman at like seven a.m., I'd be like, fuck <laughs> off. You know what I mean? Like I would just keep walking before I got my coffee. Like I just. I don't think it would have the same punch for me. I could be wrong. I'm just picturing the boogeyman like it's dawn, the room's lit up, and it's just crawling out of your bed. And so the old like cracks its back and is like, ah, like smacking itself to be like, ah. Your breath is horrible. Just horrible. <laughs> Hair's all a mess, and he's just like, "Hey, uh, boom!" Wow. monsters are spook. not for daytime. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, dude? And I know this is a wrong because I feel it. I feel the same way about crime. If that makes any sense, <laughs> every time it's like there's like a shooting at eight a.m., I'm like, "Who the fuck <laughs> wakes up in the morning?" I'm like, "I have to assume you've been out all night." I can't imagine you wake up with that much hate in your heart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like a gun. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, sort of it's like, how did you ramp up that quickly? Oh yeah. Like it just mind-blowing to me every time i hear about like even like smaller crimes where it's like you know there was like a robbery at 9 a.m i'm like what crime people are morning people i just don't i don't put them in the same category i'm sure they exist okay and i I know this is a ridiculous notion to like it's it's ridiculous to feel this way but i do every time i hear about something happening before noon i'm like oh my god are you serious well slight refinement 
I would say that crimes of passion early in the morning, I'm like, how? How do you get All right. Yeah. If it's a if it's a crime of opportunity, like we know that the bank teller changes <laughs> over at 8 a.m., I'm a little more like, yeah, you set an alarm clock, you had a plan. You, you know, okay. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You got right. up, you brush your teeth. But I agree. There's definitely like a... Like, was there not an 8 p.m. switch over to? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I, I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but there is no such thing as 5 o'clock in the morning. Uh, there is 5 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> there is 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and then there yeah. is 5 o'clock at night. You know? Like ah. Yeah. I firmly, I, I also, I don't... I'm sure I don't need to say this, but yes, I agree. I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly. I would say that very much depends on your own schedule or whatever, but I am, I don't think I've ever maybe like three times in my entire life. Have I woken up for 5am? Okay. The yeah. rest of the time I, and, and like literally thousands of times I've gone to bed past 5 a.m. Yeah. Like, like thousands, <laughs> thousands upon thousands of times. It's a weird thing. So I used to get up at 5.30 a.m. every day to, like, go to work. Um, oh, I can't imagine why you would quit your job, Craig. Can't imagine. Can't imagine uh, why, you, why you wouldn't like to do that. Um, but it's, it's a, it is a weird thing where when you get up early, you have this sort of sick pride in yourself. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like the early risers club where you're like, look at how good I am. I'm up so early. I'm being so productive i'm getting so much done doesn't matter you're fucking dead doesn't matter that you need to chug a liter of coffee just to like function at that point in the morning you're like all these assholes sleeping it off uh where i'm already at work before they're even awake and then let me tell you the second you stop getting up early that just goes away there's absolutely no pride or respect (laughs) for anybody else it's like this little self-delusional club um and one final thing I want to say about getting up early. I know this is a weird <laughs> tangent for not before Christmas. It's 74 minutes long. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, <laughs> is uh, there's this weird, there's, there's an article that made its way around a while ago being like all the most successful people in the world get up at 4 a.m. Oh, that's such bullshit. I fuck off. I did you see that sometimes they'll have rebuttals to that where a bunch of people, successful people will come out and be like, no, I wake up at nine. Like, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. But nobody writes a story about people who wake up at nine. Yeah. Right. But I would uh, just like to say that absolutely no definition of success that I have involves waking up early. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you're rich and successful and doing all these things and like really have accomplished a whole lot and are still getting up at 4 a.m. What is wrong with you? Oh yeah. You are not enjoying the fruits of your labor. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're not. (laughs) I still have a ways to go because I'm still getting up at 4 a.m. You know, like Like that, that would be my mental. Yeah. Oh dude, if I was in charge, I'd be like, you're on my schedule. (laughs) Like, (laughs) We start work at 10 here. Like <laughs> that would be my thing of just like enjoy your morning. Maybe you have a family. I don't understand why people don't want to work more in the middle of the day. I'd be like enjoy your family, wake up, have breakfast, like get yeah. ready for the day. Have a minute. You know what I mean? Oh. Do yoga, meditate, whatever the hell you need to do. I the- I don't understand and I think it's just because my body is not 
it, it, it simply will not do it. I don't know if it's like some sort of genetic thing ingrained it. Cause he, there's always articles that claim like several different things that give, you know, feed into the, what time you naturally want to wake up. But I assure you, it is not early for me. I, again, yeah. straight up bitch in the morning, straight up bitch. Like, Oh no. Like I literally will still be in dreamland sometimes. You know what I mean? Like when you talk yeah. to somebody and you're not even registering what the fuck's going on or what you're even saying. You're literally semi-conscious. Like you're, yeah. you're like I can, almost I cannot be trusted yeah. in that state. Okay. You don't want me at work. I'll tell you that for free. No. Uh, and yeah, I'm the same way. Like I have ups and downs. 2 p.m., which it happens to be 2 p.m. right as we're recording this. That's my lowest <laughs> lows. You see me at your worst, everybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um no, it's good for me because we're drinking coffee. Yeah. Coffee on coffee on coffee. Um, <laughs> I drank a lot of wine last night and then drank coffee, and somehow it's not sitting well. Who knows Oh, why all that acid <laughs> is bad for my stomach. Um, Being an adult, getting low acid orange juice. <laughs> Uh, but speaking about being productive and like waking up and stuff like that, I do want to circle back on the economy of Halloween Town. Mm-hmm. Um, and another sort of justification for Jack in this instance, which is it's definitely a one industry town, right? Like the industry of a Halloween Town is Halloween and preparing for Halloween. And I'm guessing services that support getting ready for Halloween, right? Yeah. Uh, and that, I think there's an argument to be made for like having to diversify, uh, the, the economy of that town for it to succeed in the future. You don't think like, I don't like, think so. Cause I don't think any of it's based off of, uh, of money. It's based off of giving people things to do that they enjoy doing. Oh, okay. So you're saying this is money doesn't exist or like no i don't think so like based off of you know how these people kind of trade things amongst each other uh food these sorts of things it just kind of seems like things are around you know what i mean like there seem to be no sure. shops or anything like that everything seemed to be like a house or a home or a town hall for them to discuss their upcoming adventures but i don't think it's like a monetary thing well, okay, so not monetary, but I think they're certainly supported by the interest in the holiday that the real world has, right? So I think there are more, I think there are jobs for people so long as uh, society in the real world likes uh, likes celebrating Halloween, right? And the more people get into Halloween, I think the more work there is for people and the, and the more there is to do. So like... But then you separate yourself from your own product, Right? Like yeah. you, by switching over, everybody over, you're kind of, not only are you trying to take over something too quickly and something you can't manage in like a month and a half, but you're also taking away a month and a half from your own productivity. You know you're going to have to put on Halloween again. Yeah. And this is I something that they plan the next day. And here's something that I really want to touch on, because this, I think, to me, is the most important part, is um, at one point Jack says, um, why should they have all the fun? Okay. Uh, Why should they have all the fun? Which, first of all, is like a really, I, I, as far as a statement goes, I'm like, mm, I don't know if I care for that. And Secondarily, my point is because it's not your type of fun. 
everything you get given or any idea you have, your citizens will want to change it to what they know because that's what they like. Yeah. If you're the king, you give the people what they like, not what you like, or you're a shitty king. Somebody take that man's pumpkin. This is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) You could stop being the king. I would argue that there's more Christmas to go around. Like, I agree. Like, the Christmas season is bigger than, like, the Halloween season. Would you not agree? Yeah, but I think if you, if maybe if the pumpkin king wasn't spending so much time worried about other shit, could rise to the occasion. Yeah. You know what I mean? This year we're pushing it into November. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, we're going to have Halloween decorations out in the store September 1st. Okay. (laughs) I want to hear them. The Monster Mash, okay? I better hear the Monster Mash over several radio stations. We're going to get it popping early. We're going to get people into the spirit. How do we get people on board with a Halloween wreath? Okay, we're going to figure it out. We're going to crack this code. Look out back to school time. We're coming for you. We're pushing up against your September. Because I think you could even argue what a better route would be not to take over Christmas, but how do we make Halloween maybe more like Christmas? Is there something we can adopt here? Is, is there something that we can see from these people that we could put into Halloween? Mm. Maybe not only do we scare people, we do drop off presents, but they're scary presents, but everybody knows they're scary because it's Halloween. Right. Like so, so rather than trying to do what someone else is already doing well, learn the lessons that they've already learned and yes. apply it to yourself. This is so much deeper and self-helpy <laughs> than I ever <laughs> <laughs> wow good advice though good advice see what other people are doing and try and try and do the same like he uh, immediately takes it away like he knows what he's doing is bad he literally kidnaps somebody okay you don't kidnap somebody if you're doing them a favor generally speaking okay you know what i mean i could be there i'm sure there's one or two exceptions, perhaps, but no, no, I can think party. of. Yeah, that's all I was thinking. I was like, maybe a bachelor party or something also, like that. No, no, but still not. I don't like it. I don't like that kind of. I don't get. I, I honestly, I don't get pranks really. Like pranks that really scare people. I'm like, I don't understand why you're doing this. <laughs> you're spiking somebody's anxiety for several hours. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The only prank I could really think of that I did genuinely find funny that I saw is dressing that dog up like a spider and having it chase people. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but I'm also safe and know that it's a cute little dog under there yeah. and not a terrifying spider. And I really don't like spiders. Spiders and I have a, uh, armstice, a mutual understanding. They stay where they are. I'll stay where I am and you're okay. You can stay in my house. You oh yeah. Down. I really like, but I leave them all around. I'm like, I'll just, yeah. I'm going to let you moss over there. Cause I want you to kill other things that I don't yes. like. I understand that there is a service being provided here, but please don't crawl on me. Stay in the yeah. corner, you know? And for me, it's like kind of a moral service sometimes. It's going to make me sound crazy, but I've gotten to the point in my life where I kind of, every time I kill a fly, I feel a little bad. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, no, you, were, you weren't bothering me that much. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I feel this every time. I'm like, oh, why did I? I don't know. I don't know if I needed to do that. And I would say it's only been in the last, like, two years where I feel bad. Yeah. But uh the, the exception to that is mosquitoes i don't think mosquitoes are ever getting oh. there dear just dead yeah, sure. done <laughs> done done 
absolutely. The only, yeah, the singular thing where I'm like, absolutely, uh, every time. Well, because it's, it's coming to get you. You know what I mean? Yeah, With a fly, I'm like, it's not hurting me. I don't know why I'm so bothered by its presence. I would really like to, like, really hear an explanation from, like, a vegan. And, like, veganism, fine. I'm not ragging on or whatever. But just, like, what's the mosquito policy? If you're, like... <laughs> You know, if you're like, I don't want to eat cheese because it's it's exploiting animals. What's the policy on biting insects? Like, are we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to hop back just one one more time about this vacation thing. And I know I've said it a couple of times already, but I'm just so bothered. And this is a concept that really bothers me across the board, real life, anything. It's not, it can never be a vacation if you were unaware of it, okay? Because mental preparation for a vacation is very important. I never understand these people that are like, oh, it was so romantic. He packed my bag for me and said, I'm whisking you away for the weekend. I already have the tickets. I'm like, that sounds like a stage five nightmare to me. You're telling me. That somebody rifled through my shit, (laughs) packed it for me, (laughs) okay, packed it for me, whatever they thought I needed, um, which is lunacy to start. Okay, secondarily, I'm like, I got shit to do this weekend, motherfucker. What do you mean? It's not like I never have a free, I I never have a free weekend. There's always something going on, okay? The concept that you you know better and you know when I need to take a vacation or that we're going to go on a vacation, it's never romantic or a real vacation if it's a surprise. And this guy's trying to be like, oh, you know, um, we, we arranged this whole thing for you. Sit back, relax. This is a vacation. No. This is this is the worst, okay? It's only a vacation if I know it's coming. <laughs> yeah, you need that Thursday before you go on vacation oh, where you just are absolutely. like, I am checked out. I'm barely here. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm barely here Thursday afternoon. I'm going to be completely checked out on Friday, probably leave early, you know? And yeah. then... You're and like, on Wednesday, I'm going to bust my ass, okay, because I don't want to think tomorrow. You know what I mean? I have yeah. that moment where I'm like, I want to get everything done. I want to clean the whole apartment. I want to get things scrubbed up nice, ready to go so I can put my fucking feet up, okay? That's not – you can't kidnap somebody and tell them, hey, you're on vacay. Especially <laughs> when you're ramping up for the biggest day ever. Yeah, and you've already done 90% of the work reasonably. Yeah. And then, I mean, from Santa's perspective, it's just a raw deal all around. Uh, yeah. Then he has to go and do extra work to save Christmas, which he does mm-hmm. do at the end, right? He's like, it's fine. Christmas is never ruined. Uh, that's the magic of Christmas. But, like, fuck, you just made my job so much harder. You know? Yeah. Like, like that's got to be going in his head. And you are being, and, and Jack's being told throughout the movie that this is a bad idea. Sally My is Sally. having visions, okay, of like fireballs. She's like, it's going <laughs> to explode. She even tries to make it like foggy so that so that they won't take off. And then we've got the whole uh, Rudolph. Rudolph the skeleton reindeer situation going on. And again, we're just watching them. It's it's like watching Alien where it's like, okay, let's just watch women be right for an hour. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's just watch them know what's up the entire time and we're just going to watch men not listen to her. <laughs> That's pretty much it, yeah. Uh, uh, voiced by Catherine O'Hare. Uh, point that out. I, I do want to, because I feel like this is one part that really is lacking in this movie, which is I don't buy that Jack and Sally end up together. 
I feel like they don't have enough interaction or like, you know, come around to each other at all. Does that make sense? How, what did you feel about that? Um, I, I, I would say it didn't bother me enough to clock it. So okay. like I never, you know what I mean? I was never like, oh, they, these two shouldn't end up together. It kind of made sense to me because of the whole vibe of this town and the fact that she is, you know, imprisoned a lot. Okay. If you're imprisoned a lot and you see somebody around stolen glances, this kind of like, you, you know what I mean? You kind of build it up yourself, I think. Yeah. Especially when you can't. Like, I mean, she does bust out a, a fair amount, but and she still brings wine and stuff like that, which yeah. is, nice. but then she like fucks off again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, th- I, I think it was enough for me, Fair especially enough. for a king. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe if it was something else, but it, this is a guy that's like, like in, in the, the, the largest spotlight possible constantly. And you're somebody that's always, you feel like you're in the background or you're always watching or whatever. Yeah, you could attach yourself to that person pretty quickly. And uh, as far as the king, uh, the Pumpkin King's perspective goes, um, Sally is definitely the hottest lady in this whole place. Oh, for yeah, sure. yeah, for no, sure. No, we're not even close. Not even close. Okay. This you're woman, stuffed with leaves instead of bugs? Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She's got skills. She knows how to cook. She knows how to poison people, which I believe is a skill in Halloween Town. I Very do important. think so. Yeah. yeah. She knows how to sew. She's got great... Great style. Yeah, hell yeah. I would attach myself to that person, no problem. All right, fair enough. So then follow-up question is Jack starts the movie by singing about how uh, he's got this hole that he can't fill. It's like something's missing. And the end of the movie ends with them together. Mm -hmm. So do you think Sally was the thing that he was actually missing this whole time? Like that's the hole that he was trying to fill? Is He he was just lonely? (laughs) Ah. Uh, no, that's not that's not how I took it. I okay. always kind of, I always kind of took it like he, by embracing the people around him, he can see what's in front of him, and not just not just Sally, but like the whole community of like, mm-hmm. oh, if I throw myself into these people, if I really you know embrace Halloween and do what we're here for, then that's going to fill the hole for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's actually a better moral is don't and don't think for yourself and what you need or want, but what serve others. Yeah. Because his whole thing is very selfish, where he's, you know, I'm going to do Christmas. I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm going to kidnap Santa Claus. I'm going to exactly. Do yeah, that's actually, yeah. All right. Well, I misread that. It's only <laughs> No, no, no. It's just my own. Yeah, you could be absolutely right. It's just no, how. Yours is, yours is way better. I like that a lot. It's just uh, kind of how <laughs> I took it. Um, I would say, like, again, I love this movie so much. I think it's... Um, I mean, it's it's great early Tim, you know, when Tim Burton was popping, you know what I mean? Yeah. When he was well, bold in a good way. <laughs> although he had surprisingly little to do with this movie. Oh, really? He Well, so he did not direct it. Um, he produced it, but they're like, ah. he, was only, he was only on set like five times in the whole like two years that they were shooting it. 
or something. Well, maybe that's the key. It <laughs> is just, the key. Well, like, and there, I was you just these. need a little drizzle. You need a little drizzle yeah. of Tim Burton, and then he needs to leave. Yeah, exactly. Well, and this was his peak. Like he was right. Not, and, and don't uh, let Johnny Depp anywhere near this film. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, uh, since we're doing it next week, uh, Tim Burton could not direct The Nightmare Before Christmas because he was busy filming Batman Returns. I yeah. don't know how he did this. Back back. Dude, as soon as we started, I was like, Tim Burton again. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, it's Tim Burton month, man. <laughs> yeah, but he he was produced and I think had the original story idea, but everything else was like just uh, the director was off on his own and uh yeah so oh, well, not really well. even though it's tim burton's nightmare before christmas not re- not a real legit tim burton movie well we've cracked the code craig we've i think the code. yeah <laughs> we just need you just need a little drizzle little drizzle of burton Absolutely. to get it to get it done uh <laughs> anything else you want to say about oogie boogie man Nah, i just think if if he was anywhere else like if we were rating him in like the human world then yeah, I could argue that he's a villain. I think within his current setting, I do not, I cannot paint him as a villain. I don't think he's a villain. Yeah. And the information that he was given about uh, and what his role was, I agree 100%. And Jack, I'm kind of on the fence with. I haven't really come <laughs> to terms with that, whether or not he's a villain or not. I, I can't decide. But uh, <laughs> I guess it's time to give our definitive rankings of how good the villain is. What do you got, Rebecca? Okay, I've got, uh, for my scale this week, I've got... Uh, Things I wouldn't like to find sewn up into a sack. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be rating uh, the boogeyman here. Uh, I've got uh, from a cloud of Axe body spray to um, a collection of world record toenails. Oh. <laughs> well, you got to go to the worst one, right? Uh, I'm gonna say uh, a bunch of medium-sized snakes. <laughs> And to say you're uh, you're a medium amount of scary, you're appropriate. I don't think you're poisonous. <laughs> yeah, I could I could bring myself to touch it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I also re- uh, rated uh, the boogeyman Oogie Boogie, um, and I did him on the uh, frequent Tim Burton collaborator scale. So as I said, these are all people who've collaborated with Tim Burton. <laughs> uh, so Johnny Depp, obviously, uh, he's in fucking everything with yeah. Tim Burton. Uh, to Catherine O'Hara, who I was in Beetlejuice as well, did the voice yeah. of Sally in this one. Uh, frequent collaborator. So I'm going to give him a Danny Elfman because uh, he gets handed something and he does with it what he does best, uh, regardless if it's poorly thought out or badly executed. There we go. That's Danny <laughs> That's Elfman one, yeah. is the Oogie Boogie Man there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, just before we get to our heroes and villains of the week, uh, a couple ways that you guys can support the podcast. Um, so first of all, if you're listening... Thank you. Oh, my God. That's the best. Uh, That's the best way to support the podcast. Uh, Just listen to us. Tell your friends about it if you like it. Um, That helps us get around. You can also leave us a quick uh, review or maybe a rating on iTunes or whatever service you use. Um, That really helps the algorithms and all that helps new listeners find us. Uh, And uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, oh, my God, you can do that. Uh, VWR podcast on Twitter. That's at VWR podcast. Villain was right on Facebook. And we do take audience suggestions, movies, whatever you want to do. If you want to let us know how the podcast is going, you can get in touch with us by email at villainwasright at gmail.com. And if you got a couple bucks that maybe you want to support the podcast with... Hit us up on Patreon. Like most podcasts, we have Patreon. If you want extra content, we do uh, two bonus episodes a month. 
Um, and if you access now, you'll get our full backlog of those. Also, if you want to have like an audience choice selection, you want to have a vote on that, get in there. Our audience choices always surprise me. I never know what's <laughs> going to happen next. I will be so certain going into a month. I'm like, it's going to be this movie for sure. How could it not be? And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the tides change and it's, it's all over the place. So if you want to have more say on what we're doing here, uh, hit us up on Patreon. Uh, com slash villain was right. Uh, yeah, look out, look out for those tiers there. Yeah, and we also, by the way, have merch now. Uh, a couple people have asked about it, so we have given it to you. Uh, we've got logos. We've got a buddy on a t-shirt. Uh, if you if you're a big <laughs> fan of Rebecca, uh, we got a shut it down t-shirt again. A Rebecca. <laughs> Is that uh, something I I didn't even know I say that a lot, and then I mentioned that to my partner, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that's yeah. like your that's your thing." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you can uh, check that all, uh, all out at vwstore.fromsuperheroes.com. That'll redirect you to the Tee Public site. And uh, yeah, it can be put on anything. Mugs, masks, wear your masks, people. Uh, sport a villain was right mask while you're at it. Uh, yeah, mugs, uh, phone cases, notebooks, all the rest. Uh, so yeah, go and check that out. And thank you so much to everyone who's listening, everyone who's supported the podcast so far. Uh, you guys are the best. And now it is time for our heroes and villains of the week. What do you got, Rebecca? Okay, I've got I just wanna honestly, this week I just wanted to take a quick time, a quick moment to shout out uh, to all of our listeners. And all the listeners, you are you are my hero of this week. We've got so many good fans for this podcast. And the reason why I bring this up currently is because recently um, they announced that they're going to make another uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl <laughs> movie. And I was bombarded, bombarded with messages. And I just, it made me so happy that people are like, no, this is your brand. You're going to need to know about this shit. And I could not, I laughed every time. And I was like, I love this so much. We have the best fans to go out of their way, be like, have you seen this? Cause this is for you. And I just love that so much. So thank you so much, guys. I'm loving all that content. I'm <laughs> loving all the, the I get it sent a lot of raccoon content as well. Really enjoy that stuff. Or some people just messaging me being like, Hey, love the podcast, whatever you honestly, you guys have really made, at least my quarantine, like so much better. You've really, you know, lifted me up several moments where I was feeling really down. Um, so my hero of the week is you guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. If you've messaged me, thank you for messaging me. I love, I love following you guys on Twitter or whatever's going on. I feel like we have the best fans, some very talented people, some, some comic book artists, some people that design their own dresses. Like we've got a really, a lot of cool people listening. So you guys are my hero this week. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they are the best. Uh, God, that shark boy and lava girl. We're gonna have to. Dis- <laughs> we're gonna have to discuss once we get done recording today what we're gonna do about that. <laughs> oh, buddy, we better be doing. Oh, we will be doing it. I'm just. I'm gonna say All this right. right now. There's no way. I don't even know what we're talking about. A discussion? I don't think so. We're doing this shit for sure. <laughs> uh, so. Um, I have a I have a hero uh, this week. So um, this uh, we, we're doing Nightmare Before Christmas, and this movie is actually very nostalgic and very important for me uh, because of something that I was involved with in university called the McMaster Engineering Musical. Uh, and that is exactly what it sounds like. So every year what would happen is the engineers uh, would put on a musical, a parody musical that we would write the script from scratch. Uh, we would 
changed the lyrics to all these songs. We had a live band who had arranged their own music and perform it live. And we'd sing and we'd perform it in a theater. Um, we'd sell what I now realize is a hell of a lot of tickets for an enter- for <laughs> somebody in entertainment. We were selling <laughs> like three nights of like 300 people each. Like it was, it's insane. Um, and so uh, in my final year of university, we did The Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, which we retitled as The Nightmare Before Exams. Um, but it was a long road getting there. So here's what kind of happened. So for the first <laughs> two years, I was in the musical and I was just random cast member um, and kind of like had proven myself that I could like do it, but had really realistically when it began, I had no business being in the show. So end of the second year, the current directors are graduating. They need somebody to take over the musical for them. And some weird coincidence, I was like the only person who applied or like wasn't graduating the very next year. Like it was just a weird timing sort of thing. Uh, So I got handed the reins and my training for it was basically uh, that uh, uh, they gave me the password to the email address and a portable CD player and said, you'll figure it out. Uh, So the first year I was directing, this is my third year of a four-year course, um, we did Peter Pan uh, as our our theme, and it did not go well. Uh, (laughs) There was disaster all the way through it. Um, Very early on, we had an experienced producer, so the person who deals with the money and like all the kind of logistics stuff, he was coming back. He'd done things before. He came back. He booked us into a new theater, like a brand new theater that they were building in Hamilton that was going to be ready for when we needed to perform and was saving us a few bucks there. And then school overwhelmed him and he had to quit the club. So our assistant producer, Jen, had to step up, having never done it before, <laughs> and become the full producer of Whoa. this thing. Yeah. And I'm a director who's never directed or knew how to do this before. Um, I have no musical talent whatsoever. They hired me clearly for my comedy chops. That's it. Uh, and like there was, I, I became aware of this later, but like, you know, the music wasn't coming together and the lyrics didn't make sense. And the choreography was a mess and people didn't know their steps. And like, uh, turned out that the theater that we were booked into, uh, went out of business. So we were scrambling at the last minute to try and get booked into a new theater. We finally get booked into one and it's at Hamilton place, which is this big center in Hamilton where McMaster university is. And, uh, we were basically wall to wall with a Headley concert all three nights that we were performing. So like through the walls, you could hear this band Headley playing, uh, and it was just, I remember one night, we did our dress rehearsal, our tech rehearsal in the theater, and it went absolutely awful. Like, we were just like, we're not going to pull it off. I learned later that there was, like, full-on talk of rebellion about, like, we need to take <gasps> this away from Craig and all the rest are, like, oh my very God. unhappy with that one. Wow. Uh, and, Damn. And uh, Jen and I were just sitting, uh, waiting for the bus to go back to campus, and we're both like thousand yard stairs, like just like, Jesus <laughs> yeah, I know Christ, that one. Back to you off, yeah. <laughs> and she just goes like, should I quit? And I was like, absolutely not. No. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you quit now. We're fucking screwed. Like we can't do that. But it was just this like darkest night of the soul. Um, and whatever we pulled it off and it, it was fun. And I'm, I was very happy with how it finally ended up going. But the next year I'm like, we're going to make some changes. <laughs> we did nightmare before Christmas. Everything was, and everything went great. 
oh my god there was like it it just smooth like we suddenly we were like firing on all cylinders it was just like smooth and like uh i don't know i i have at the time sort of convinced myself was like i learned something about that and i'm gonna do better at this and i'm sure that was part of it and i think another part of it was like a bunch of people i realize this now were stepping up and putting out fires before they could happen you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just being like, oh, we really need to support people. So, like, the difference uh, was, was like, we're in, like, the final week of rehearsal. Show is set. You know, choreography is done. Songs are done. And my choreography comes up to me, and she goes, uh, I don't really like the dance number for this one song. I'm going to change it. And I was just kind of like, ha, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> just, like, thinking she was joking because we're a week out from performance. Yeah. And then we do... Like we'd done one run through that day. We take a break, we come back and it's an entirely new dance number that everyone's already learned. And I was just like, Oh, I thought you were joking, uh, <laughs> but that turned out fine. So, okay. <laughs> so whatever. Uh, so there's a bunch of people putting out fires and it went really well, really smoothly. Everyone had a really good time until our closing night uh, where we had this one scene where people uh, that, the artsies were the Santa Claus people, the people who studied the arts in school, and the engineers were the Halloween town. And they had to run across the stage in opposite directions and just like cross each other. And we'd done this dozens and dozens of times, so many times, barely even put any thought to it. But this night, someone was running across the stage and she was running like someone was chasing her. So she looked back uh, just as someone else raised the elbow and she ran full force into somebody's raised elbow no. with with her head turned backwards. So oh. she she ran full force into someone's elbow with the back of her head, with her neck turned. And I'm backstage while all this is happening and like some people just like bring her in from the other wing to where I'm standing. They're like, she hit her head or she like knocked her head. And I'm thinking like someone like, you know, through a fist or something or like something small and they're like we don't think she's right and like i look at her and her eyes are like huge she's not talking coherently at all i was like oh this is a concussion this is bad news i was like you need to get her to the hospital right now uh <laughs> so they took her and like they held her overnight uh, <gasps> but like they had to like leave like so there was people who weren't there for the curtain call from the crew because they loaded her in a van and took her to the hospital uh, so that oh was kind of like god yeah uh, so it was like so it all went well right up until the last possible moment uh, she's okay I think now uh, oh my she, god she, if you were uh, a stand up comedy producer you would have been like get back out on stage I know right <laughs> you're fine you're fine <laughs> walk it uh, off somebody get her a whiskey <laughs> Uh, but we did The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, I got to play Oogie Boogie, the, our version of Oogie Boogie, uh, where I was a math course uh, called 2M6. Uh, and I was on, I was painted completely white with Sharpies uh, as tattoos, like math symbol tattoos all over my body. I had a mohawk. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, yeah. And I was in like the best shape of my life at the time. Uh, but it was just like... <laughs> Uh, so like even then I'm like look at you in a mohawk with like kind of abs, uh, you twenty something. Uh, but it's it's honestly like um, the the biggest part of why this is my hero was it was those couple years working on the show where I'm in engineering school and I'm working really hard both at school and this production and I was like but this production is so much more rewarding to me mm. and, I th and I think there's something there. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I, the sign. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that that's kind of the thing that put me on the path to uh, where I am today, which is hosting this podcast and uh, doing stand-up comedy when the world isn't on fire. So uh, that's my hero. So if anybody from the Big Master Engineering Musical happens to be listening, I think a couple of you do, uh, you're my heroes. Uh, thank you so much for good times and for putting me on this course. Hell yeah. That was crazy. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, that's so funny. Well, not funny. You know what I mean? It's just like crazy. It's like one time I got hit in the head at school with a baseball and the, the teacher was just like, just go to the bathroom. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think That's I've already said this on the podcast, but I was like, I just ran some water on my hands. I was like, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> I'm eight. What do you, what do you want? <laughs> anyway, all this to say, not everybody takes concuss- concussions as seriously as you do, which is good <laughs> for you. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, where can people follow you, Craig? What are uh, you yeah. doing? What do you got uh, going on? Yeah, you can follow me uh, at uh, Craig Fake Comedy on Facebook or Twitter. Twitter's where I'm most active. Uh, you can also check out uh, uh, YouTube, Craig Fake Comedy. I've got a couple uh, short videos from uh, Villain was right up there, uh, some of our cellular stuff. So you can uh, go check that out. Absolutely. Cool. And as always, you can follow me at Rebecca Reads if you're feeling like it. Uh, again, no obligations. <laughs> I'm not changing the wheel out here. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, next week uh, we're going to be covering Batman Returns. We're going to keep this Tim Burton train uh, choo-choo-chewing. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm really excited to cover this movie. I think it's going to be a really great episode. So look out for that next week. And this is us from The Villain Was Right reminding you that children don't like heads that you found in the lake. <laughs> The Villain Was Right was produced by Andrew Rivemi for the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as YouTube series, webcomics, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com. <laughs>